Chapter 1. Houston, Texas A pall of inky smoke obscured the glimmer of stars in the night sky. The air, toxic from oil fires that dotted the huge abandoned refinery across the ship channel from Houston. Armed guards manned outposts along a walled section that ringed the plant, a sprawling complex easily as large as a medium-sized town a collection of buildings and tanks that occupied a two-and-a-half-mile square section of the promontory. Spotlights roved across the area outside the wall, fueled by the output from a crude oil-heated steam turbine. It had been barely a week since Snake had announced Magnus's untimely demise to the crew, as well as the astounding defeat in New Mexico. He'd assured the regional chiefs that the change in leadership would result in no disruption to the crew's ongoing operations and domination of the surrounding states, and had vowed to proceed more prudently than Magnus to eradicate the threat posed by Shangri-La. The loss of almost a thousand men, with nothing to show for it, had stunned the crew's upper echelon, and Snake had been quick to exploit their shock by enacting draconian new rules to crush dissent to his domination of the group. Anyone questioning Snake as its head would be summarily executed, which quickly chilled any disgruntled murmurs and cemented his leadership. The majority had gone along with Snake's plan, but almost a third of the Houston branch had splintered off and refused to recognize Snake's authority, believing him too unstable and weak to lead effectively. They'd seized the refinery as their territory, the strait between it and the city a natural barrier, and had recruited a growing membership of crew fighters who were unhappy about the recent turn of events. The faction was led by the Salazars, a trio of cousins who'd been incarcerated with Magnus, and had despised Snake as he'd risen through the ranks to become one of their leader's inner circle. The idea of a meth-addled madman running things was unacceptable, and they'd split from the main group on the second day, taken over the refinery, and raided adjacent Baytown to reinforce their stake. The Salazars had no long-term plan, but as the number of their followers grew, they began formulating a scheme to spread east and claim nearby Louisiana. It wasn't as though the crew membership that operated in that area was particularly loyal to Snake, and if the cousins offered them a better deal, it was likely they would jump at it. They'd sent a few riders to feel out the New Orleans leadership and were waiting to hear back. A positive response would spread through the crew ranks like wildfire, further weakening Snake's support in Houston and swelling the cousins' gang with disgruntled fighters. Their hope was that at some point they would become too big to challenge and could work out a cooperative deal where they existed autonomously from the crew, operating as an ally. But for now they were Snake's enemy on alert against an attack that grew less likely with each day. Their spies had told them morale was at an all-time low, as Snake settled old scores with enemies and bolstered his power through cunning and treachery. The Salazar cousins' faction now boasted over seven hundred gunmen, a powerful force growing stronger with each hour. The fighters had set up a tent city in the center of the massive refinery, whose main buildings housed the cousins and their lieutenants. A quarter of the force was on guard at any given time, armed and ready for whatever Snake ultimately managed to throw at them, assuming the weasel didn't leave the Baytown area to them. 
Night had fallen three hours earlier, and the evening shift was halfway through its watch. The warm air was sticky with humidity, and bright trees of lightning over the gulf pulsed in a cloud bank on the horizon. The sentries manning the guard posts were equipped with handheld radios, and roving patrols along the perimeter checked in with clock-like regularity. One of the details near the southern approach had failed to call in five minutes earlier, and the boredom of long hours of monotonous inactivity was replaced by anxiety as the shift leader attempted to raise them. Repeat. Scorpion, this is Ruger. Do you read? Over. 